Hello, these are your hosts, Grace and Kim. Hey. From the MIS and CAP team, and welcome to the Real Women's Forum, where we discuss topics including, but not limited to trust and relationships, sexual health, hygiene, racial issues, and misogyny. Recently, we have added subjects that pertain to youth and have created a section under our podcast named Adolescence with an X, where we will speak on topics that specifically relate to youth in our community. Before we start, a small disclaimer, the Real Women's Forum podcast does not issue any medical advice. Instead, the podcast serves as a safe and brave space for women and other members of the community to discuss, voice common concerns, and share their experiences. We encourage you to visit MISN's website to seek more information on specialized programs regarding health insurance, improving birth outcomes, and educating teens on the risks of being sexually active. Today, we are here with Erin Ortega, a patient resource manager at My Choice. And for our listeners out there who may not know, My Choice is a free pregnancy care center located here in Orange County, New York. Welcome, Erin. Thank you for having me. Of course. Let's start out with having you tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, I am 34 years old. I have been married for 13 years. Um, My husband is a pastor. I have two girls that are 11 and 7. I am a New York transplant, originally from the West Coast. Um, And I am, uh, I've been with the organization for about four years. And I am currently in school full time for psychology online. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. And can you tell us a little more about the work that you do with my choice? Yeah, um, I'm kind of a jack of all trades, but my primary um, my primary job is patient resource manager or case manager for the women that we see. So as a, a legal licensed medical clinic, we have to keep medical records and, and folders on all of our patients to keep up with their care after they come to see us and before they come to see us. Um, and so my job on the advocate side of things is to just make sure um, I'm staying on top of the, the paperwork in a sense, making sure they're getting the care they need, making sure the advocates are trained the way that they should be trained so as not to manipulate or coerce or uneducate or provide uneducation. So I am also, the other part of our organization is a maternity home. It's maternity home, the Hudson Valley, which we're closely connected with. Um, And I'm also doing case management over there for the women that are staying in the house and very similar things, just um, resources, making sure that um, they know how to sign up for WIC if they need it, making sure they know how to uh, sign up for the subsidized childcare, helping with housing if they need it, um, just kind of on that level, making sure that they know how to take advantage of the resources that are available to them. So it seems like you play a big role in making sure that everyone can access and knows what resources are accessible to them as they're using my choice or working with my choice. Yes, that's a big passion of mine is just I never want women to feel like they don't have choices. I will do everything in my power to make sure that even if we don't have a direct answer to her direct need that I will track down another resource that could offer her. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, there have been cases in which we haven't been able to find like emergency vouchers or something for her. And she ends up, you know, and we've ended up putting them in a hotel room. Like we will do anything that we need to make sure that she is cared for to the best of our ability. That's That's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's really awesome. What other services does my choice offer or provide to their clients? Sure. So the the basic, the the most crucial services that we provide are medical. So pregnancy testing, STI testing, and treatment on site for the two most common STIs that affect pregnancy, so gonorrhea and chlamydia. Uh, Limited ultrasounds. We can see, we can do ultrasounds as early as five weeks, five days from the first day of her last period, which is a lot earlier than a lot of the the doctor's offices around. And so if she's looking for confirmation, 
believe it or not, a lot of women are wrong on their pregnancy, on their uh, period dates. And so um, we do get the, you know, occasionally the case where she thinks she's only, you know, 10 weeks and she ends up being 25. It's very, there's a, a yeah, a really broad spectrum. And when you're trying to make a pregnancy decision, that can be really crucial information for women. Um, and so we try to do ultrasounds as early as possible so that we can help her make that decision as quickly as possible. So we do that. And then we do um, pretty comprehensive, like holistic options consultations. So even if we don't provide for abortion or refer for it as a pregnancy care clinic, we really want to make sure a woman has all the information that she needs to make the best informed decision for herself. So we educate on the abortion procedures. We make sure that she knows how to take care of herself before, during, and after, if that's a route she chooses to go. We can help sign up for health insurance and get her on prenatal care if that's a route she chooses to go. And we also have a direct link with an adoption agency. So in a personal personal liaison there that also does free pregnancy counseling for the women just so they can explore their options. So we're really passionate about giving women time and space in our offices to kind of explore it, to talk it out loud without fear of judgment. I can't tell you the amount of patients that I've had that have just been like, I didn't have anybody to talk to about the emotions that I'm feeling and just being able to create that safe space for them did a wonder for them. Just being, whatever, regardless of whatever option they chose, it was really fantastic to be able to care for them in that way. So, so I would say that's kind of it in a nutshell. And everything we do is completely free. Like we don't take health insurance. We're privately funded. So we can see minors. We can see people regardless of citizenship status. We have a Spanish speaking nurse. We've seen anywhere from 14 year olds to 52 year olds, um, married, Christian, Muslim, Buddhist. We have seen the gamut of, uh, we serve all sorts of women and we serve them from all counties. Some of the pregnancy centers in the other locate in the other counties don't have the ultrasound technology that we have. And so they refer to us. And so we've literally served women all over the tri-state area. That's incredible. I feel like the important part is having a holistic approach. Like you said, I think that a lot of organizations that I know of at least don't usually provide all-in-one services in one location. It's usually referrals. Um, and I think that it's amazing that you do provide contacts to agency um, centers. And also yes. I think that it's important that you offer a safe space to do so, because I think that being in a, in a situation where you're pregnant and you may be young, like I think that that's a very difficult thing to go through, especially like you said, you know, they're alone. And so I think that the work that you do is incredible. And I, like the demographic is diverse. I wouldn't have guessed that that, you know, that's the demographic, but um, yeah. I well, thank you. We're very proud of the work we do. We take our job very seriously. And I know um, pregnancy care clinics around the country can not do good work. I've, I've seen the YouTube videos, <laughs> you know, I've heard the stories. I know that they can get themselves into situations where they're offering manipulative or unethical or unmoral education. And that between me and my and our medical director and our nurse manager, we take that very, very seriously that that is not anywhere, anywhere near. We're not protesting. We're not showing them graphic pictures. We're not doing anything that some of the other pregnancy centers around the country have a reputation of doing. So we are doing things a, a little bit differently, but we're really proud of the work we do. How would you say your organization differs from other pregnancy or reproductive health centers such as Planned Parenthood? It's a good question. I would say because we're a nonprofit and because our services are 100% completely free, regardless of the choice she chooses, we don't profit from her decision. So there's, you know, we're in it for her. So it, whatever choice she makes, we don't make any money. 
And so if she chooses prenatal care and chooses to keep it, we don't make any money. If she chooses adoption, we don't make any money. If she chooses an abortion, we still don't make any money. And I don't know if other quote unquote nonprofit health centers can say the same. That would have to be a question for them. And then we really try to take a holistic approach. I know that from my own experience of having a kind of a crisis pregnancy, unplanned, unexpected, whatever you want to call it, all I could think about was getting out of the situation that I was in. It was very overwhelming and, you know, you're scared and you feel like you're alone. You feel like you're the only one in the moment. You feel like you're the only one in the world who feels that way. Right. And I wish I just had somebody come alongside me and like, tell me to slow down, <laughs> tell me to breathe and tell me that like, it's going to be okay. And so we really take a holistic approach to it as far as trying to help her think outside of this little box that she is probably in emotionally. And, uh, and, and I, I, again, I don't know how many other places are doing that kind of holistic wraparound whole picture type conversation. And again, it doesn't always work. Again, it doesn't, not every woman is going to feel empowered to continue with her pregnancy, which is what we would hope ultimately that she would do. But at the end of the day, like we're there to love her and, um, through no matter what, whatever choice she chooses, we really want to make sure that we're caring for her emotionally, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, um, regardless of whatever choice she makes. So uh, again, I, I think that's a little bit different than what other places are doing, um, both kind of locally and around the country. So it is a little bit different. It's a little bit, it's hard for people to kind of wrap their heads around, but again, we're really proud of the work we do and our, our statistics show and our, um, our patient quotes show that they're really grateful for the work that we're providing for them and the services that we do. What specific services do you provide to clients to meet their mental needs in a situation such as that, or just to help them with their experience and in there? So that's actually one of the reasons that I went back to school for psychology is because I am really passionate about mental health and specifically with mothers. With my own two pregnancies, I've had postpartum depression with the first or the postpartum anxiety with the second, and I didn't know. And it caused such, um, like looking back, I wish that I would have known so that I could catch it and figure out how to help in my bonding with, with the children and just to, for my own mental sanity. Cause you feel like you're crazy when like, it's really just hormones. And so that's one of the reasons that I decided to go back to school full-time was so that I could then implement that even more intensely in our offices and do more professional counseling with the mothers, hopefully. So at this point, I will say that we are specifically trained. There are a couple organizations nationally that oversee pregnancy centers, and they will train their their workers to know how to handle these specific kind of crisis type situations. So crisis management and the the psychology that they train you on is what we then use in the office. And it's professional, but it's through these specific organizations. Um, So you get certificates, those kind of things. You're being trained by doctors. You're being trained by um, professionals in the field who then can walk you through the training. And then you end up with a certificate. So at this point, that's kind of what all of our advocates have been through, which is just very basic, but holistic and comprehensive in that way. Um, this question is a little off topic, but I do want to know, do does my choice work closely with doulas? Like, is that a part of the work that y'all do? Or do you offer connections with doulas for mothers who are looking for that kind of support as they're going into pregnancy and birth? Great question. That is on the radar. Our nurse manager that is just in the process of retiring is trained doula. And we are talking about what it looks like to implement a doula system to where we we train doulas through our organization and then hook them up with our 
with our patients that are interested. So it's on the radar. It's definitely on the radar. Um, we understand the need, especially for the rates of uh, Black maternal health and Black infant health. We know that there is a great need and how much doulas help in that instance. Um, and so it's definitely something that we have on the radar to try to implement as soon as possible. As of right now, we just refer. There's chocolate milk in Middletown. She's a great lady. So we end up referring to her um, for some of the Black mothers that we serve. And then I think we have a list of organizations around the area that would also offer doula ship, I believe. But yes, in a nutshell, absolutely. We support it. We encourage it. We refer. Our nurse manager has offered to be a doula for free for some of our patients who couldn't afford it. So yeah, absolutely. We're very supportive of the system in general. Amazing. For younger people who come to get help from my choice, have you noticed any reoccurring issues or questions that they have? I would say two major ones that kind of popped out in my head. We, between the nurses and I and the advocates, we just talk all the time about the lack of sexual education. They don't have any idea what's going on with their bodies. They don't know how they got pregnant. They don't know what birth control is. They just don't know. They have no idea. And it's it's heartbreaking on our side, <laughs> you know, because they get themselves into these situations then where they have to make these really hard decisions. And so we do a, education is a huge piece of what we do for any age that comes to see us. But for the younger ones, that's a particularly sticky point for them. I don't know why they're not being educated. I'm not sure. I have a fifth grader and she just went through a day long, you know, the talk at school, but I'm not sure why they're not getting educated. I think the school is assuming the parents are doing it and the parents are assuming the schools are doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I don't know where the disconnect is, yeah. but the, there is just a severe lack of education. And then the other side of that in a more kind of specific topic is the, the majority of the demographic of what we see is like early college. So like 21 to like 25 mm-hmm. would be the majority of the patients we see. And when it comes to making this pregnancy decision for them, I see, I'm starting to see a trend. COVID definitely t- felt like turned them a lot, a lot more towards choosing abortion because they felt a lot of pressure. And like we all did, you're right. Like we all just felt like, holy cow, I could not bring a child into this world right now. Yeah. It was, it's crazy. But then on the other side of that, the, one of the things that I think I'm seeing and I'm, I'm kind of interpreting is that for those of us who are kind of older, who have a support system, we see how much it takes for a village to raise a child, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, you can't do it by yourself. It's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but for these younger ones who are just kind of starting their independence into college, they, they end up pregnant and they, uh, you know, a handful of them. And even if the support system is there, mm-hmm. they don't want to take advantage of it because it, because it messes with their independence. And yeah. so then it's this catch 22 where they, they want to potentially keep the baby, but they know they're going to need help, but they don't want to take advantage of the help that's there. And so it's this weird kind of mentality that I'm trying to kind of figure out how to encourage them in. But, but I definitely see that trend over the last two or three years that I've been doing this. And I, it's just, yeah, it's just an interesting conundrum. Like the support system is there. You, you could, they could help you. They want to help you, but uh, that's, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. And then they end up choosing an abortion, which, which is their choice, of course. But I just, you know, it's just one of those things where like, well, the support system's there. I would hope that you would see that you could take advantage of that and that they would love to love on you and, the, and love the baby. Um, and it's just, it's too much for them to like process at the time. So yeah. I think, um, and 
I mean, I'm, this is just from my understanding from speaking with other young mothers, I feel like a lot of it has to do with responsibility. They're like, you know, this is my child. I brought it into the world. Like now I'm responsible. I don't want to rely on anyone else because it's my fault that this happened. And of course, a child is never anyone's fault. Like it's a miracle. Babies really are miracles. And like <laughs> you'll like from just from interacting with them, you'll see they're they're like angels. But they I do don't always it. feel like that. In the moment. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. But they're so cute. <laughs> Um, and so I feel like a lot of times people are like, you know, this, I brought this child into the world. Like I'm the one who got pregnant and this is my responsibility. And like, I don't feel right relying on people who didn't really have a role in this happening. You know what I mean? But I do, I do see that that really is a catch 22 because it's, it takes, even with a a happy two parent household, it still takes a village more than just the two people. And the fact that we live in a world that expects two people to be able to raise a child on their own is a little bit insane. Yeah. And I, um, again, I'm a New York transplant. So I, we did seven years in Philadelphia, we've been here for four, seven years in Philadelphia. And then we're both from the West coast, my husband and I, but when we first had our pregnancy, our first child down in Philadelphia, um, we had just moved across the country. We were brand newly married. We were both in school full time. It was really overwhelming. She was not in our five-year plan and, um, and we had no family. And so we had just moved 3000 miles away from any support system we had. And within the, just a couple of weeks of us finding out we were pregnant, my husband found a job at a church and that church really came around us and supported us. And still to this day, it makes me teary. Cause like, I don't know, we felt so alone and so overwhelmed and that church just adopted us and they became our village. Like we, we had aunts and uncles and cousins and we still have, I mean, that was almost 12 years ago and we still have relationships with them. And I don't know how anybody does it without that village. You know, sometimes you have to create it, but I don't know how people do it without. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. It's definitely a flaw in this like independent America world that we live in. Like it's, it's an unrealistic expectation. And then you're having these women, they're trying to live up to that unrealistic expectation. And like, what do you do? (laughs) Right? Like that's not possible. And yet they're trying to live up to it. And I don't know. I think it's so stuff. Yeah. It is frustrating. Like as a service provider, you want the best for them and you, you know, like Grace and our health educators. And so we offer programming on like sexual health. And so we know that the need is also there. And it's also been kind of hard to provide that information, whether it be in the school districts or through other organizations. We're just trying to be able to provide information any way we can. And so with this podcast, like I think having organizations such as yours providing information and giving out resources, I think that that if we're helping in any way we can, like we'd love to do that. So I think that having you on this podcast was a great addition. You offer free services, you offer uh, connections to doulas, like adoption centers. So what is like one bit of information that you feel adolescents need to know about or, you know, you would like to give adolescents at this time? I think both from being in my own crisis pregnancy and then also coming out of a house that was very uneducated where I was kind of put on birth control and said, have fun, but at least I was put on birth control. Um, <laughs> I, I would say there is so many mixed emotions that can come from a pregnancy scare or a possible pregnancy or, you know, having to make that pregnancy decision there. You can feel like you're in a whirlwind of fog of emotions and you, you don't feel like you have anybody to talk to. And anybody who is in that potential spot, I would say, breathe, take a deep breath and give us a call. We have a 24-hour hotline. That's one of the other pieces of us. 
24-hour text line at 845-709-8199. And uh, our website is mychoicepcc.com. Um, and you can find out a lot more information about what we do or how to access our services. But our hotline is 24 hours. So, so important. Very necessary. <laughs> yeah, and you reach live people. It's not even a robot. It's like a live person you get to talk to. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Definitely the best kind of hotline. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Those are all the questions we have for you, unless you have any more, Kim? No. no. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today and for giving us insight on your organization and what you all do. And just even the fact that the services are all free and just for listing everything today, like it's been really enlightening. And also it's definitely going to be a resource for us um, and passing all your information to anyone we encounter that might be in need of your services mm-hmm. and for our listeners. If anyone listening is interested in being interviewed or know someone that might be interested in being interviewed for our podcast, please reach out to us via text or call at 845-248-3942. Thank you for listening. Bye.